Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll talk about a new report from Clean Farms. And up first in today's country comment, we'll chat with Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. With Harvest right around the corner, we caught up with Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada. I asked Justine to talk about the decision between swapping and straight cutting. Number one should be, you know, did you grow a shatter-resistant cultivar hybrid? Um, you know, that is, will really help make that decision. Um, if you're not growing something with that pod shatter, obviously the recommendation is to, to swath it. Um, so with this year, I've, I've heard of a few growers trying to go in and, and are considering actually going in and, um, straight cutting something that is not. So just be aware of all the shelling out and the risks there. Um, those products are not designed to be uh, straight cut on. And, and I know it's dry and, and it's progressing really quickly through its seed color change. So the crops will be mature here very soon. Um, when when going out there and then determining, you know, you're, if you're going to straight cut a particular field, um, ideally you want a really nice uniform knit field. So even if it is that pod shatter, assess that stand and see how easy it's going to be um, to actually go in there and straight cut it or not. Um, like I said, given the variability in crops and if you're not going to use a, a, um, a dry down product, that's where swathing would be that better alternative, right? To, to knock it down and allow it to mature a little further within that swath before going into harvesting. So lots of little factors there to consider. Um, you know, in the past, um, especially here in Manitoba, we've seen a huge shift towards um, straight cutting canola. Um, but, you know, it is, it's a year with its uh, very different challenges and, and it's just kind of come back to those basics and assess how, what is your going to be your best way to make sure you preserve that yield and the seed that's out there. Because um, we, we need all the seed that's, that's out there right now. So. And finally, I uh, wanted to just talk a little bit about um, using canola as feed. Um, you know, lots of talk about uh, converting crops into feed. Um, I guess what, what are, what's important to, to think about there? You know, it, it, it's obviously an, an economic thing to consider. Um, this year, canola is at a, at a higher dollar value than we've seen in the past. So you might not be reaching your, your yields that you've seen in the past, but you are also getting more for it this year. Um, so really coming back back to the economics, there's also a lot of concerns in regards to feed. You really got to watch your, your nitrate, uh, nitrate concentrations and things like that. So... Um, you know, first of all, if, if you're um, in, or if you pre-sold or in a contract for grain, make sure you follow up on that contract. That's kind of number one to see what your options are. Uh, number two is then working with Manitoba Crop Insurance um, and, and also once again seeing what the dollar values are going to be if you are really concerned with that crop. Um, because if we're so far in the season, you know, it, it is best to just, you know, work with what you've got and, and try to get um, as much of it off and into a bin. So, like I said, it, it's a tough decision to make, uh, but really dive into the economics and look at all of your options. Um, I, I know with, with producers that are in, in a mixed situation, right, they do have cattle to feed. Um, so get that tested, work with your feed uh, quality specialist as well, um, if that is the route you are going to go, because there is a lot of risk there um, if the canola isn't cured properly. 
That was Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Manitoba Agriculture says crop harvest has started in parts of the central and interlake regions. Below normal yields for spring wheat and peas are anticipated. Early harvested grain quality appears good with higher test weights and good color in spring wheat and oats. Field pea quality appears high with low amounts of crop splitting. Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers is giving an update on the crops. In this week's bean report, here's production specialist Cassandra Kochik. Soybeans are currently ranging from R4 to R6, which is the full pod to full seed stages. Dry beans currently range from R4 to R5, which is full pod to beginning seed. Canola growers are being reminded that pre-harvest glyphosate application should be carefully managed to help ensure crops meet the needs of domestic and export customers. Justine Cornelson is with the Canola Council of Canada. Understanding your pre-harvest intervals is extremely important, um, especially on a, on a market aspect. So any product you're using, make sure um, that you know it's, it's PHI and are, are kind of focused in and dialed into that. For more info, go to keepitclean.ca. And the federal government has announced a $100 million top-up for the Emergency Food Security Fund. The new funding will be distributed to thousands of local food banks across Canada. So far, the Emergency Food Security Fund has supported more than 4,700 local food initiatives across Canada, with over 1,000 initiatives directly supporting Indigenous organizations and communities. One in seven Canadians lives in a household where there was food insecurity over a one-month period during the COVID-19 pandemic. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, August 4th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll chat with Clean Farms Executive Director Barry Friesen. Clean Farms has released findings of benchmark research detailing on-farm generation of agricultural plastics. Here's Executive Director Barry Friesen. The basic premise of the report to find out how much agricultural plastics are being generated across Canada, what types they are, and what types of farming they're, they're being generated, and where it is. And uh, the key reason for this is because we want to collect all this material, but we got to know how much is there and uh, where, where we should put most of our resources. Some of the key things is that there's about 62,000 tons of uh, agricultural plastics used in Canada every year. That comprises of uh, um, many, many truckloads of plastic, it's a, it's a fair bit. It comprises about 3.5% of all the uh, pl- plastic packaging generated in Canada alone. Now, 3.5% sounds like a small amount, but you've got to remember that it's all little small amounts when it comes to plastics. It's all little pieces of, you know, from uh, containers to wrappings to whatnot. And in agriculture, a lot of it is uh, low-density polyethylene. That's uh, things like grain bags and bale wrap and, and the like, but also a lot of rigid plastic as well. Things like uh, what we already collect is pesticide containers and fertilizer containers and the like. And, uh, and, and again, the benefit of this is now we know what is being generated and where it's being generated so that we can really direct our resources to be able to uh, pick that up and manage it. Is this the first time a report like this has been put together? This has, we've done it piecemeal across Canada for the last 12 years, and this is the first one where we have a comprehensive coast-to-coast look at uh, agricultural packaging. And, you know, it came out with some, there's uh, 
when we've been doing it over the past 12 years, things have changed. The, for instance, the use of grain bags has increased substantively. And as we can see, no surprising, the vast majority of them are in the three period provinces, but this gives us an even more in-depth look at how much is being generated. And, uh, and again, when I talk about where we put our resources, it's going to be not only what we need to do to collect this material, but where the recyclers need to do to set up the recycling of these materials. Because right now in Canada and across North America and really worldwide, we had relied in the past on uh, folks overseas to recycle these, but uh, that's no longer. We have to do it at home. So this will allow the recyclers, uh, they'll, they'll see, ah, this is where all this plastic is, and I should build a recycling plant to service clean farms. Just going forward, um, talk about some of the recommendations and, and you know how this uh, report will help you guys in, in your planning. Well, the, the the key thing here is it's going to help uh, a few things. Number one, um, we're going along the line in, in Canada for all kinds of packaging and products uh, to, through a program called Extended Producer Responsibility. And uh, that's where governments tend to regulate uh, products and packaging and they say, well, if you're going to make it, you have to have a program to take it back. And that's coming more and more uh, even in our world. And so this will help uh, the governments to plan um, when, uh, you know, what type of extended producer responsibility programs they want to have put in place. So they'll be able to look at it, say, in my province, and it's, and it's always province by province, so every province will be looking at it. You're in Manitoba right now, for instance. Uh, we already operate under an extended producer responsibility program for pesticide and fertilizer containers. And by the end of this year, it will include grain bags and twine, but they'll probably look beyond grain bags and twine and say, well, we want to capture these other materials as well. So this will help the, the governments as they do their planning for, for their regulations. For us, it'll help us and, and, our, and our members identify it. we really need to do things. And one of the positive things here is the fact that um, our members, and all through the supply chain, everybody wants to do better. They want to manage our resources better, and that includes the plastic resources. Often, these plastics are used once on the farm, but they're still good products, and so that's where we come in. We'll take it off their hands, and we'll recycle it and back into the new products. Anything else to add here, Barry? No, other than the fact that we have some great success. Our success is due to... Uh, the, again, the entire supply chain, the, the manufacturers, distributors, retailers, and most importantly, farmers, because they want to do the right thing. And this will help us give them the tools to do the right thing and make farming even more sustainable in Canada. That was Clean Farms Executive Director Barry Friesen. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Series Global Seeds Tours are planned for August 10th at Winkler, August 11th at Beggett, and August 18th at Delmar Beaujager. Registration begins at 8 a.m. and tours get underway at 8.30. Topics include corn and soybean agronomy trials, corn and soybean marketing, specialty crops, food-grade soybean varieties, and more. You can RSVP by email to cunger at seriesglobalseeds.com. Manitoba Agriculture is offering an online environmental farm plan workshop August 25th. 
The deadline to register is August 11th. Visit the Manitoba Agriculture website to register. And the annual general meeting for Farm Credit Canada takes place August 18th at 1 p.m. Go to the FCC website for details. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, Series Global Seeds is hosting a number of tours throughout the month of August. Here's Director of Sales and Marketing, Daniel Acuna. Series Global Seeds is a proud distributor of Horizon Seeds Canada and Savine International. So we're strategically partnered with a Canadian-owned uh, seed companies. They actually breed their own genetics, and they have their own proprietary breeding program as well. So given this flexibility of all-in-house breeding, we uh, we find the uh, the advantage not only in the Western Canadian marketplace but in house too within our own backyard where we can look at breeding certain hybrids and varieties that are fit and conducive for the areas that we grow in. Daniel, what can you tell us about the benefits of both your seed suppliers, Savita International and Horizon Seeds Canada, having their own proprietary breeding program? So Savita International, they're actually. Uh, they have quite a robust uh, portfolio in terms of soybean varieties and their breeding program in-house. They have uh, premium food-grade soybeans that range from early maturity all the way through to a full-season uh, portfolio. On the traded side, on the GMO side, we have ultra-early maturity soybeans ranging from our Enlist, our brand-new Enlist uh, variety, all the way up to a full-season variety. So really capturing marketplaces that are very suitable for all of Manitoba, especially encroaching further out west as well, and seeing and fine-tuning what we need and implementing these genetics into uh, into the field. So along with Horizon Seeds Canada, you know, we have early grain corn season ranging from 71, 72-day, all the way up to full 90-plus-day silage hybrids suitable for the Western Canadian marketplace, Corey. Now tell us about the series Global Seeds Insight Tour and uh, what we can expect there. Any new varieties, hybrids for the uh, 2022 growing season? Absolutely. So uh, we're putting together uh, outdoor farm shows. We we see the need for it uh, just with everything on our portfolio side of things where we are seeing newer varieties and hybrids in the marketplace. So the Series Global Seeds Insights Tour, we have three of them. Uh, that's August 10th in Winkler, August 11th in Daggett, and then August 18th in Bossier. So we have seven interactive speaking stations, around 15 to 18 minutes per station. And topics will include corn and soybean agronomy trials, uh, an overall marketing outlook that we have um, folks coming in from Series Global Head Office and also from Savita International talking about where we're seeing uh, the corn and soybean markets and overall outlook as well. We do have brand new soybean uh, varieties. Like I mentioned, there are brand new Enlist Ultra Early Maturity uh, we have brand new extend soybean varieties as well. On the corn uh, side of uh, our business, our hybrids are including new silage hybrids, grain corn and grazing corn hybrids as well. Um, other topics will include our food-grade soybean program, our buyback program that we have through Savita International. Uh, FMC Corp will be there with Authority Supreme showcasing what we can do on the herbicide uh, side of things, specialty crops. Gen Ag will be there with a brand new horse equipment showcase with their 60-foot planter and also their uh, their tractor that they're bringing on in. And really exciting is a brand new biological coming in from Exotic North America. It's a product called Invita, which we're really excited on uh, showcasing and seeing what the benefits are to, to growing this product. So everybody in attendance, we have three showcases. 
all growers will be invited and they will all be putting in a raffle for a chance to win four Winnipeg Jets loge seats to any home Jets game for this uh, 21-22 uh, season. And that's for all uh, all three sites. So there'll be a raffle for each uh, each time and there'll be winners at each time. So, no, we're looking forward to it, Corey. And how do you uh, RSVP? Absolutely. So that's through Chris Unger at uh, cunger at seriesglobalseeds.com. Uh, before August 6th, if anybody is uh, looking at coming on down, please email Chris, and then we'll make sure to have a spot there for you. Daniel, tell us about the food-grade soybean information day taking place in uh, Fanny Stell. Absolutely, Corey. It's August 12th where we're hosting our food-grade soybean information day. So registration starts at 8.30, and our, se- our session will start at 9 o'clock in the morning. So it's actually three miles north of Fanny Stell on uh, PR 248. And some of the highlights that uh, our session will include, Corey, you know, it's a plot tour of the Savita food grade soybeans along with our traded soybean varieties, um, guidelines on how to be successful on growing food grade soybeans and just the production that entails along with it, more insight into the export of food grade soybeans, into the markets that we're uh, delving into, and also some of the profitability that we're seeing on the food grade soybean production as well. So, it's, it's very in-depth. There's more tips on marketing and full-on production and an overall review of the food-grade uh, processing uh, facility that we do have in uh, Fannispel, Corey. So there's going to be a tour involving uh, Nidosi's food-grade certified processing plant, and that'll give us a great perspective and insight on what all goes on into the final product while it's shipped out uh, onto the end user. So we're we're excited to see uh, everybody come on down and definitely ins- excited for the uh, for the event. And how do people sign up for this particular event? So for this event, we're registering by August 6th, and that's to Brent Cozy. So that's brentk at savita.com. That was Daniel Acuna, Director of Sales and Marketing for Series Global Seeds. The company's hosting a number of tours in southern Manitoba over the next few weeks. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. CN Rail has set a new record for the movement of Canadian grain and processed grain products via carload with over 31 million metric tons moved during the 2020-2021 crop year. The record exceeds the previous record for carload movement of 29.4 million metric tons set in the 2019-2020 crop year. CN also moved over 1.1 million metric tons of grain from Western Canada via containers, with grain volumes moved from Eastern Canada in addition to these levels. CN filed and published its 2021-2022 grain plan last week. Harvest is quickly approaching. Canola growers are being reminded that pre-harvest glyphosate applications should be carefully managed to help ensure crops meet the needs of domestic and export customers. Justine Cornelson is with the Canola Council of Canada. With the crop variability that we are seeing out there, um, I imagine we will be seeing a lot of dry down products being used, um, not only glyphosate, but using things like Reglon or heat as well. Um, so all of these products work slightly different. So it is important to understand the differences there, uh, when they should be applied, right? You will apply them at different seed color changes. Um, all of them, um, they don't work, obviously, uh, to help increase crop maturity. What they do is dry it down. For more information, go to keepitclean.ca. And Cassandra Kochuk is with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Grower. She gives us an update on the crops. 
For field peas, harvest has already begun for the earliest seeded and the earliest maturing crops. And of course, this is largely driven by the dry conditions. Some of the standing crops, they're still ranging from early to full maturity, which is R5 to R7. And we're seeing some greener crops out west in Manitoba. She says soybeans are ranging from the full pod to the full seed stages. Dry beans range from full pod to beginning seed stages. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.